0: this week's episode of the better than fine podcast i'm your host arlene marshall and a few of you reached out over this last month this month of january start of the year um, because you've been listening back in december and or you weren't listening back in december you went back and listened to those episodes from december and realized that you had missed the discount code for certified wellness coach And I know that I told you back then that we weren't going to do it again because that's what I had been told at that time. But if you are one of those people who had missed it, listen up because I have some good news for you. Um, And if you have no idea what I'm actually talking about, so the National Academy of Sports Medicine, NASM, the show is on NASM's podcast network, you may have noticed. So NASM is kind of the grand poobah of all things certifying fitness professionals and NASM has a wellness coaching certification that, in my humble opinion, not to humble brag too hard, but I think it is a top-notch wellness coaching certification. So NASM brought together experts in sleep, stress, coaching, neuroscience, movement, positive psychology, me on those last two, uh, and we built this like world-class wellness coaching program. Uh, and essentially what it is, is how do you actually help someone? make sustainable positive change toward a lifestyle that they could thrive instead of just telling people what to do all the time, which we know really does not work. So anyway, that certification on NASM's website right now is 50% off. And listeners of this show can get an additional, on top of that 50% off, an additional $600 off. So I'm going to give you the code now. You should be ready to write it down. It's Marshall CWC, my last name, M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L-C-W-C. So you go to nasm.org, you click wellness at the top, and then you use the promo code at checkout and you can get an additional $600 off. So if you missed it last time, don't snooze on it this time. I don't want to be getting any DMs from people saying like, oh no, I, I forgot. I, this is your reminder. Now, this is the lowest price point that they have ever offered for the certification. It is only for better than fine. Like it is the only code out there for this stack of discount because let's face it, listeners to better than fine. You are the bee's knees and you deserve to be rewarded for being interested in how to actually take care of yourself and others. Okay. So M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L-C-W-C, additional $600 off checkout. Okay, cool. Now we got the business out of the way let's let's talk about loneliness i know it feels like a heavy topic for a podcast episode but i really hope that you can like pull up your ears and join me for a conversation that i think is not only important to me in this moment but to many of us in this moment so i'm gonna start off by just throwing out some statistics at you so this is according to research from the national institute of health the CDC, HRSA, and SAGE Journals, which is this conglomeration of all different research journals. So 52% of Americans report feeling lonely. And 47% of Americans say that their relationship with other people are not meaningful. Right, So there's about half of people-ish saying they're lonely and their relationships don't give them meaning and 58% of people believe that nobody knows them very well, right? That's two out of three people saying that they don't feel known by others. And a 30% of people, one out of three people that you know, feels seriously lonely. And if you're telling yourself, well, that's not a big deal, people just get lonely sometimes. Well, Sorry to burst your bubble here, friend, but loneliness has been linked to an increase in anxiety, depression, heart disease, substance abuse, domestic violence, early mortality. And I really want to drive this home with you because I think this statistic really spells it out. If you're one of those people telling yourself like, eh, people just get lonely. You ready? Loneliness has the same measured effect on health outcomes as smoking 15 cigarettes per day. That's because human beings are deeply social creatures. We need other people, our sense of self, our sense of motivation, our mood, heart health specifically, which I think is fascinating when you think about the way that loneliness affects our cardiovascular health. Okay, so to break all of this down, chronic loneliness has been correlated to weakening your immune system, cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, increased instances of mental illness, increased depression, increased anxiety, and it's even been related to the onset of disordered eating behaviors. And of course, since the pandemic, all of this has only gotten worse across all age groups. All age groups are reporting an increase in feeling sense of loneliness since the start of the pandemic. And certainly it being this time of year, the cold, the dark, the snow here in North America, I think this is the time of year when it all starts to feel like it's a bit too much. And that's why I wanted to do this episode right now. Um, You know, a few weeks ago, Arthur Brooks, he is uh, an author and a researcher. He's got a regular article in The Atlantic and he wrote this beautiful article Uh, That central thesis is that over the course of the pandemic, we just got used to being lonely. And there's research from the Kaiser Family Foundation published in 2022 that showed almost 60% of people had not returned fully to their pre-pandemic activities. And so if we break that down a little deeper, you're working, many of us are working remotely now, myself included, We had closing of businesses, community spaces, the places we used to like to go, maybe aren't there anymore. Certainly the economy tightening some belts and wallets. I know I'm eating out way less than I used to. You know, and of course, people who are high risk, their caregivers, they can't go out because it's not like it just poof, magically got safe. And about 25% of people, so a quarter of people are saying that since the onset of the pandemic, they're either feeling socially anxious, right? When they go to the places they used to go, they have this like, uncomfortable anxiety or they're just having a hard time making new friends. And so in my opinion, just like quitting smoking, it's time to break that habit that we got used to which was isolating for the last 3 years. But but and this is why I started this episode off with a bunch of scary statistics. About 35% of people, according to Pew Research, in May of last year, about 35% of people are saying that dealing with their loneliness is just not that important. And I think it's because culturally we tell ourselves like, hey, that's not a big deal. Hey, you're just lonely. It doesn't matter. But as you've heard a moment ago, Britney Spears was right back in 1998. Loneliness is killing us. I think there's also the inertia factor, right? You don't have friends around. You outgrew your friends. Maybe you just moved. You got out of the habit of spending time together. At the end of the day, the couch starts to call. It's got this beautiful siren song that you just want to sink into. So you have to make the effort to break that pattern or to prime something else. And if you're telling yourself that it's not important or it doesn't seem like a big deal or you just got used to it, you might not feel the pressure to change. And I also think for many of us, that social anxiety piece, right? If 25% of people are feeling anxious when they do go out or they do interact, it means that you're uncomfortable. And right now there's already so much to feel uncomfortable about that. That's a lot to overcome. So I want to give you not just the scary information about why you should care about this, but I also wanna empower you with the positive information to push through that. Because I know that I grew up in a culture that really glorifies like the Maverick, the Lone Ranger, the like, I can tough this out John Wayne persona that comes with the belief that resilient people, real tough people don't actually need other people. And I can tell you that the research on resilience, on happiness, on life satisfaction, on success, on all of it. All of the things that we would want in our lives unequivocally says that when you have people that you feel connected to in meaningful and positive ways that you feel like they get you, you will be happier, you will be healthier, you will be more actualized, you'll be more satisfied with your life. So you're listening to the Better Than Fine Podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Marshall, and today we are going to tackle this topic of how do we combat loneliness. And this is really important to me in my own life right now. I'm doing this episode partly because it's been so present for me the last few months that, you know, sometimes on this show, I'm just assuming like, hey, if this isn't coming up for me, it's got to be coming up for somebody else. So let me put it out there. So before the pandemic, I worked in one of the busiest gyms in New York City. And at one time, it was possibly the busiest gym in the world. It was this massive fitness complex, which meant that I saw hundreds of people in person per day, if not thousands between that and the subway. I was also in graduate school in Philadelphia. So when I wasn't working, I'd get to travel to Philly for class and be surrounded by people who were excited about nerding out the same things that I like to nerd out about. I was single. I was mingling, if you know what I mean. My life could not be more different right now. I virtually coach, train, and do my workshops. I also write a lot for my work, which clearly is going to be a solitary activity. I moved from New York City to a little tiny town that has more cows than people, where the only people I know well are my own family. And I'm now married. My husband and I both travel a lot for work, so we don't get as much time together as we'd like. So in that context, last fall, I was speaking at the medical fitness conference in Orlando, and it was also the athletic business expo. I'm in Orlando. I was having dinner with the other NASM people there, but mostly I was either in sessions, working out alone, or in my room alone. And I had the most profound feeling of hopelessness, or excuse me, homesickness, most profound feeling of homesickness that I have ever had in my life. And it opened a bit of a can of worms for me. I thought I was just homesick, right? It was just one trip where I didn't really have anyone to hang out with. And oh, I guess I'm just homesick now. But once I got home, I just started noticing my loneliness more and more. And because I work remotely, if my husband's on a trip, I'll go unintentionally two or three days without seeing another person in person and it's not intentional I just get like focused on what I'm doing and I don't really think about it and then all of a sudden I don't feel very good I'm like oh right you have not hugged anyone in three days other than the cat and I started to notice that when that was happening I had way lower motivation motivation to work out I wasn't going outside as much and I didn't really want to like go meet anyone. Like the joke about the siren song of the couch is because that's what happens. And I just progressively notice that I'll sink more and more into this malaise. It's kind of like a fog, just like rolling in on my mood. And so what these theories are saying about loneliness in your life, it's so true. I felt it myself these last few months. And in that state, it's almost like doing something about it feels like more work than just being in it. And I share all of that because I want you to know if you are feeling that way, you are not alone. This is a very normal human thing. You know, there's this meme that goes around. I think it's based off of someone's tweet that we're not meant to be isolated and barely scraping by. We're meant to be in a group of about 150 people who are hunter and gathering together, like, right, co-supporting each other's foundational needs. And I believe that, it's really true, right? And this show, it's not about just getting by, feeling fine, right? The name of the show is Better Than Fine and we'll need other people if we're gonna get to that better than fine state. So you're listening to the Better Than Fine Podcast. I'm Darlene Marshall, and this episode is about how do we combat loneliness? How do we rise up to this now very measured issue that generally gets kind of ignored, right? Like we all know don't drink too much, don't be too sedentary, don't smoke, but is anyone out there talking about loneliness as a health epidemic when it has the same all-cause mortality than smoking? So what do we do about it, right? If, if we've really driven home this idea and you understand what I'm on about, obviously we got to start somewhere. And if you've listened to this show for a while, you know, change always starts with awareness, right? We have to recognize the problem. We have to understand it before we can do anything about it, right? So first it's just admitting, admitting that you're lonely. I needed to be in that hotel room, desperately wanting to be home. To even be able to recognize that, like, oh, hey, yeah, I am struggling with the loneliness thing. And then I think it's that next question of, well, why? Why is the loneliness coming up in your life? And can you look at it a bit more and understand it a bit better? And I think that for some of us, it's very obvious, right? Like, I am away from home. I am homesick. I am home alone. I feel lonely. For some people, it's going to be a bit more nuanced and we're going to talk a little later about the difference between loneliness and being alone but remember that statistic right half of people feel like their relationships aren't meaningful so you could be in a room of your soft quotes, your closest friends and if those relationships don't feel meaningful you might still feel lonely and in that way i want to remind you of the episode emotions or information it's back in june of 2022 If you wanna dive in deeper on this idea that we can investigate our emotions and use them as tools to learn about ourselves, that's what that episode is about and and apply that method to this idea of being lonely. Now, from there, you've got a few different strategies that you could deploy. And I wanna share with you some of the tools that I've been using and some that I found out there on the interwebs that might be helpful for you. And the first one, comes straight up from the McGonigal twins. If you're a fan of this show, hopefully you're already a fangirl of Kelly McGonigal. And if you don't know who she is, Kelly McGonagall is a Stanford professional of psychology. She's the author of one of my favorite books, The Joy of Movement, which if you're watching on YouTube is that pink book right there. Uh, and she was a contributor to NASM's Certified Wellness Coach. If you ever listened to either of the Kelly McGonagall episodes, you know, I'm just a huge Kelly McGonigal fan girl. But did you know, Kelly McGonagall has an identical twin sister named Jane, and Jane is also a scientist, except Jane is an expert on game theory and futurism. So my original McGonigal twin fangirl was actually for Jane McGonigal before I even knew Kelly existed. And that's because back in the early 2000s, Jane created a gamification of generally wellness, and it was called Superbetter. Now, I didn't know at the time that Kelly was actually a psychologist on that project. I was really struggling at that time, and I tried Super Better. And this was my biggest takeaway from Super Better, something that I still use all the time in my life. It's, I think, one of the most effective strategies I've ever learned. Before I even knew what positive psychology interventions were, this was the first one I ever learned. So it's real simple. Always have something within two weeks that you are looking forward to that involves another person. Real simple in premise. Now, it's easy when somebody asks you to go out and do something on the fly to just be like, no, I'm gonna sit my couch. But if you've planned something and you're excited about it and you're looking forward to it and you got somebody to do it with you, let that anticipation build and savor it. Positive anticipatory savoring is what we call that in the positive psychology world. And then you're more likely to go out and do it. And you have something to give you hope and anticipation of the connection. And I've noticed in myself that as long as I do that, for me, it's got to be weekly. It can't be every other week or it's not, it's too far of a time span, but tinker with yourself. So this rule of thumb from the McGonagall twins have something you're looking forward to every two weeks that involves another person. And if you realize you don't plan something. Okay. That's number one. You're listening to the Better Than Fine Podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Marshall. This episode is about combating loneliness, and we're talking now about the strategies. What are we actually going to do about it so that we aren't part of that statistic of people who are suffering from loneliness, whether they admit it to themselves or not? Okay, next on the docket. Research just came out from the American Psychological Association that most of us grossly underestimate the value of simply reaching out to someone in our lives. So whether this is text, email, phone call, if you're not a millennial younger, (laughs) when we let people know that we are thinking of them, even if it's out of the blue for no reason, we haven't talked to them in forever, the recipient feels a positive surprise from hearing from you, And they then feel a sense of appreciation for being thought of and cared about. let me tell you an example. Whenever my grandmother, who she's in a wheelchair, it's winter, she's shut in. She's lonely, unquestionably. I tell her all the time to call me. And what she says is, well, I don't want to bother you. You're so busy. I don't want to take away from your time unquestionably, I'm not too busy for her. If you listen to the show, you know I love my grandmother. But I underestimate that she's telling herself a story in her loneliness that I am not accessible to her. And it doesn't matter how many times I say, I love you. I can't answer if I'm on a call, but I'll call you as soon as I'm done. Just call me. Nope. Because she has a story in her mind that I, I don't know, that she's not important to me. I, I, I don't know. So the onus is then on me. I've got to call her more. And I need to be mindful to give her permission to keep trying. Whenever she wants to, I want her to know she's got access to me. I've got to give her those signals because she's not going to get there on her own in her loneliness. So now I want you to think about your friends, your loved ones. How many of them are telling themselves a story in their loneliness? And are you? Are you telling yourself, oh, I don't want to bug her. I'm not going to text her. I'll I'll do it tomorrow. And pushing it off because that fog of lonely is telling you some stuff. Okay, so we've got two strategies so far. Scheduling activities that you can positively anticipate and inviting somebody to join you minimum of every two weeks. Number two, texting or messaging people you haven't connected with them in a while because they'll have a positive appreciation experience from hearing from you and you're probably telling yourself that they don't want to or whatever like let that go and just do it okay there's another bit of research that i want to tell you about this one comes from positive psychology research about what builds good relationships and it comes down to how do we handle when good things happen in our own lives many of us have been taught that you don't go around bragging about something So we don't always share the good stuff, right? We're taught not to brag. We convince ourselves that no one cares. We don't want to make someone else feel bad that their life, they're not getting the stuff we're getting, right? Like there's all these reasons that we don't do that. But in reality, it's the, when we share these positives, and there's a second half to this, it's the way that people respond, but we have to share the positive in order to invite, invite people into our good juju. And then there's a, there's a way that they can respond or we can respond that helps to build these stronger bonds. Remember that data point of the 25 or excuse me, the, the 40% of people that feel like they don't have meaningful relationships. Well, how do we build the meaningful relationships? We have to share what's going on with us, invite people in. And when other people share stuff with us, we got to respond in ways that add to the relationship. So you got to share your good stuff, but let's now talk about the responding part. So we share with other people so that they can enjoy it. On the flip side, the best thing that the other person could do, and sometimes you are the other person, right? Like we're all both sides of this coin, is to ask them questions, reflect back positives, maybe make funny, cute jokes, whatever. The whole point is to help them explore the emotional experience of the good stuff. So if I tell you like, hey, I got a really great bit of feedback from a fan of the show. They told me it really had this big positive effect on their lives. And you go, oh, that's cool. Right, it just ends right there, it stops. Or if I tell you like, hey, I got this great bit of feedback on the show, it feels so good. And you say, oh, read it to me. Oh, wow, how do you feel about that? How does does that land? That must feel really good. Right now you're feeding, we're feeding the flywheel of the relationship and the conversation together. And that builds the positive connection, right? It, It chases the fog away. So, so far, the advice is for people who have a network that they can use, schedule things out, reach out to people more often because people actually do want to hear from you and share your good news, but when someone else shares good news with you, help them to savor that good thing by asking them questions, help them to explore their positive experience. Okay, that's for people who have a network already. Let's talk about the people who maybe don't have the network because a lot of times we'll talk about these things like they're light bulbs that you can flick and oh, now you've got like, just text your old best friend. But that's not true of everybody, right? So you're listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm Darlene Marshall. We're combating some loneliness. Let's talk about clients or listeners or anybody who, like me, moved or their closest people moved away, and now they don't really have anybody nearby. So let's own trying to make new friends is awkward and kind of sucky and nobody really wants to do it unless you're like super duper extroverted, which I don't know, peek behind the curtain. I'm not as extroverted as you probably think listening to the sound of my voice, but just like going for walks for your mental health, when you don't feel like it, sometimes we have to do awkward sucky things because they make our long-term life journey better. So I wanna give you four suggestions Uh, For those of you who are feeling lonely, you don't have people or somebody nearby. How do you work through the lonely and get people nearby in the network? So number one, I want you to make a list of the activities that you want to try, the skills that you want to learn. Like what's the stuff that you've always wanted to do and never have? So when I got divorced, I started practicing jujitsu, partly because I wanted a vigorous physical activity work through all that difficult emotion, partly something I wanted to try, but also I really needed to meet some new people. So make a list of all the things that you've wanted to try in the past, and then you've gotta go out there. And may I suggest that you leave your darn headphones at home so that you could actually talk to people. Now, there are studies that show that when we talk to strangers, this is a weird study, but I actually really love this one. When we talk to strangers, we're happier and the stranger is happier than we have assumed that it will make us because we assume that talking to strangers will make us feel gross and bad and we don't want to do it. But in actuality, these really brilliant bus studies show that talking to strangers actually does make it, make your day better. So your baseline instinct is to not go off and talk to people. Science tells us that that may be inaccurate. So number one, you're going to find some activities that you want to try, some skills that you want to learn, and you're going to start proactively seeking them out at least one night a week. I bet you could push yourself and do two, but start with one. That's number one. Number two, alumni groups, fan groups, just all of the groups. So if you're an alum right, whatever your educational institution was, it's very likely that they have networking groups and events. So if not, masterminds, clubs, trips, you'd probably be surprised just how many schools offer those kind of continuing events for all age groups and all interests. So start with that. Or Maybe you are some kind of serious fan person. Uh, If you know, if you follow my girl Mallory Fox, Foxy Fit on Instagram, you would know she absolutely loves Taylor Swift almost as much as I love my cats. And you could go out and find some subreddit or fan club or whatever for the thing that you are into and then look for a local meetup my ex-husband played Dungeons and Dragons, and you can bet anywhere we moved, and we moved a lot in the, the first few years we were together, he always knew where the closest game store was. So he had people to go be a nerd with. So whatever you're a nerd about, you could probably find a group locally that is also a nerd for that. Hurrah that the internet exists. Okay, so number one was make a list of things to try. Number two, all the groups. Number three, work your network. All right, so. Another. (laughs) this episode is just full of story time. Um, My best friend, my best woman in my wedding lives in Seattle. I don't get to see her very often. One of my all-time favorite clients, her best friend just moved to Seattle. She moved for work. She knows absolutely no one. Bet your bottom dollar her friend and my friend are about to become friends, right? So when you're feeling lonely, are you working your network? And Yeah, this isn't also just for loneliness, like quick side tangent, becoming the connector person for your network, whether we're talking work, creative projects, friendships, like whatever, when you learn to become a connector, you're building your community, you're weaving people together. And it's a really powerful lesson for you to learn that it doesn't only shore up your well-being. But by weaving your people together, you're actually improving the friendship, the network, the health, the well being of your community. Right. And by doing that, you're improving everyone's resilience together. And I strongly believe rising tide lifts all boats. So become a connector, but also tap into your network. You probably don't realize, you know, I just recently learned that one of the like very well respected alumni of my own master's program only lives like half an hour away from me. And I live in the middle of nowhere. And the idea that there's two of us right here, bonkers, but I had never checked before because I just assumed, well, they probably don't live out here, right? All right. Last one on our tick list. If you are somebody who is lonely because there's nobody around, volunteer. It sounds trite if you are feeling low, but if you can think of no other way to meet people, start volunteering. Like I just said, I live super rural and within a five minute drive of my house, there are three food banks, two libraries, two schools. That doesn't include religious organizations, the VFW, the foreign legion. You get the idea. Um, If you follow me on socials, you know, I volunteer with the Travis Mannion Foundation. It is some of the most rewarding and positive work that I get to do in a given year. And if you want to feel connected and positive and like you are part of something, go give your time to other people that need it, especially if it's a cause that you care about. For me, it's veterans using positive psychology to help other people make their lives even better, right? Like killer combo of all the good stuff. There's probably a combo out there for you of the things that you care about. And if you don't know anybody, if you got time in your hands, go do it. <laughs> okay, I'm going get off get off my stump. Obviously, this is an episode that is just full of information. So I don't know, have a re-listen. But I want to give you this final word on loneliness. So somebody who backcountry solo camps. I go off into the woods alone as far away from human beings as I possibly can get. There's a difference between alone and lonely. So being alone is just physically being by yourself. Whereas being lonely is the emotional state when you feel that you are not as connected as you would like to be. Let me break that down again. Alone is just physically nobody around another song reference. I think we're alone now. Lonely, the emotional state when you don't feel as connected to others as you would like to be. You know, one of the worst feelings of loneliness that I've ever had, and I think every New Yorker knows this experience. There's 8.4 million people in New York City And there is nothing worse than feeling lonely when you are surrounded by that many other people. So loneliness isn't just your physical state. It is about the depth and the quality of your connections. And that's why your communication skills, your networks, your relational skills, they are invaluable to your human experience and worth investing in. And they are skills. They are practicable, learnable skills. And that's really what this whole episode is built around is like, Hey, this isn't like smoking. This isn't a chemical addiction. Having been a smoker myself long ago, this is a state of being that you can learn the skills and ideas to work your way out of and one to be taken seriously because of the significant long-term mental and physical health ramifications. I hope that at least in the listening to my voice on this, I have inspired you not only for your own mental health and well-being, but for those around you to reach out, to connect, to listen, and to seek meaning in your relationships, because at the end of the day, every one of them is a two-way street, and it's not only about your loneliness, just like my grandma, it's about the loneliness of the people that you care about. And we all get more resilient together because the rising tide lifts all boats. If you have gotten something out of this episode, if it has resonated with you, if you would be inspired to share that, we would love to hear your feedback. So you can email me, Darlene at sorry, info at Darlene.coach. My Instagram is also Darlene.coach. And you can find me on LinkedIn. I want to remind you, that if you are interested in NASM Certified Wellness Coach, you can go to nasm.org, click wellness at the top and use the promo code MarshallCWC to get an additional $600 off of the already significant discount. And if you're a fan of the show, I hope that you've subscribed. If you haven't, go ahead and do that. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that like button. Uh, And if you share about the show online, go ahead and tag me. I would love to go ahead and reshare those wherever. If you haven't yet, please write us a review because it really does help us to grow the show to new audiences. Thank you. Be well and take good care of yourselves.